Yes, people try to justify their caring of things because it's rooted in functionality or utility, but I, yeah. I think we cannot deny that there is some psychological need being met by having some of these things with us because they give a sense of comfort or peace of mind or preparedness, right? I have plenty of patience for people who don't see value in the stuff and that's totally fine. I also don't feel any need to like try and explain to them because it's like self-explanatory. You get it when you get it. Yeah, I, I've been nicknamed uh, the clack dealer uh, from, <laughs> from some yeah, of my customers. Good. Like that's the sound, good. right? Like the sonics right, and the haptics. Sound. And it's like, it's... You have a whole and world of keyboard enthusiasts who just are just nodding along to oh, what yeah. you're talking about. Dude, yeah. We're joined by Matt Hebert from Around Square. He's an EDC enthusiast and a maker at heart, and his brand Around Square makes high-quality, well-designed gear that you might mistake for being just fidget toys. But tune in and you'll learn about how much depth and cultural historical significance these items really have and how they can help people feel more relaxed, find focus, achieve a sense of mastery, and even help combat addictions. Matt also shares his perspective on EDC from the lens of a maker as we nerd out about different materials and design philosophies for both what he calls manipulatives and core EDC tools alike. I found today's discussion super interesting, and if you have any interest in what people carry in general, there's a lot you can learn from this episode. So let's jump into it. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Carry the Way, the weekly podcast where we nerd out about all things EDC gear and maybe try to teach you a thing or two while we're at it. I'm Bernard, the founder of EverydayCarry.com, and I'm joined by our editor, Mikey. What's up? Today, we're talking EDC gear with Matthew Hebert from Around Square. He's an EDC toolmaker and toy creator whose background in education and social development and decades of worldly experience give him a unique perspective in making products with depth, intentionality, and a whole lot of fun. Matt, welcome to Carry the Way. Thanks so much. So I'm really excited to have you here. Um, there's a long, it, it, it all started from our side where we were trying to put together an article and then it kind of led me down a rabbit hole of looking for a specific type of products. And then I ended up on your website, you're on Square. So do you want to give us like a short introduction of yourself and your, your website and all the products that you make? Uh, I don't, I can give you a short one. <laughs> I can imagine. But yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, grew up making making stuff by hand like just lots of arts and crafts and whatever and i had a 20-year detour into the field of education and international development i did lots of like project work around the world uh but i always had this like interest in skill toys in particular like i grew up playing with yo-yos and like juggling equipment and stuff and i always found that stuff like really like therapeutic and fun and just like a different kind of entertainment of course like i played video games and whatnot too but mm -hmm. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, then like, uh, I just kind of always had this, this side, like, I mean, nowadays you'd call it a side hustle in the, uh, but I was like doing it in the two thousands. Right. And just like designing stuff and had no intention of doing business. I, I licensed out a couple of designs to other companies, uh, that sold them and like some of them won awards and whatever. And I, like, I knew I had some like quality ideas, but it was around 2015 when I first encountered Beglary. That's, uh, that's these guys right here. And that's when I like kind of started to get more serious about it. Like I, I was just like mucking around with homemade stuff on like posting stuff on Instagram. And the response was like really like way bigger than anything else I had been posting. And so I was mucking around a little bit more. And at the time I was actually living in China and I thought like I'm already designing stuff and I, I may as well just like get, get a batch of these things made and, and the first batch I made actually just gave away to people that were showing interest in my stuff. I like le yeah. legitimately didn't plan on doing business, but then just like, just started to pick up and I was like, well, you know what, let's, uh, let's like beef up my website a little bit and, and start taking this a little bit more seriously by like 2018, it was like more work than I could handle. Uh, and I was like looking for help and I was like trying hard to give away my, my last few like clients, uh, that were uh -huh. still hanging on. And uh, 2020 is when it like we really flipped the switch. My my wife actually started to to get like more actively involved, and she like saw the need and recruited a few more people to help me. And so now we're up to like a team of eight, and I've got like like 1,500 SKUs in our product <laughs> catalog, and it's like everything is designed. Wow. Everything's designed by me, and 
and like you know thoroughly tested <laughs> but yeah that's like i guess that's as uh, as quick as i can i can condense it for yeah you. i was when i was doing research for this for this podcast i was starting to dig down into like old canadian articles about you and it's like your background goes like really <laughs> deep into like the education sector i was i was actually i was I, I, I even pulled up you you are a phd holder aren't you i am yeah i've got a phd in education which i like which I got around about the same time I stopped consulting. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. so obviously there's like a connection between those things. If you think about like creative play and like the educational value of that and so on. I, I don't, the area of education that I was interested in is like kind of more connected. I, I was interested in what's called the hidden curriculum, uh, which is kind of the, mm. the like tacit lessons that we learn by being like schooled. Uh, as opposed to like the explicit content of the lessons. And so there's a whole bunch of stuff in there around like the types of materials that are, things are made of and the, the way that like the geometry and the forms affect the way that you interact with them and, and that sort of thing. So two years from now, when you want to get like super geeky, then we can, we can go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Okay. That yeah, and just to bring it back, just to bring it back a little bit yeah, for yeah. some of the context, Mikey, you were talking about like you're doing research for mm. an article right at the time back in like 2020 what was that article you were doing research for that helped yeah you that's find right um, we were doing an article about fidget toys which i know you're you're in our conversations matt you don't really like that term and that got me really interested and that that yeah. that led me down to this this converse, yeah. to these conversations with you we were doing yeah. research on on the product for fidget toys i came across your website and at the same time i was also looking for stuff for myself specifically this one i was looking for titanium jewelry and they're actually not that mm. common. And then I ended up on that, that convergence mm. of doing our article about fidget toys, which ended up really like kind of blowing up and finding your website and then finding out that, hey, this guy is making materials out of like really familiar EDC materials. So he must know something um, about the space. And then, yeah, turns out in, in further, we can talk about it later, but further in the research, turns out that you are very well versed in like the EDC in the EDC community. So we can, we can start talking about that. I, I guess one f first question is how do you feel about where you ended up now? Like with your, with your current background, does it feel like this is the right space for you? Like the products that you're creating, is it, does it further your personal goals? Totally. Uh, you know, earlier in my life, I had this itch to do like education and international development and I got a chance to scratch that. And I, I honestly couldn't be happier doing what I'm doing right now. It's like total passion. It doesn't feel like, like a job, uh, even though I, I take it, like I take it really seriously. Yeah. Right. But it's, uh, it's totally like just following my passion. And, uh, honestly, like what, what brought me in and got me hooked, uh, on like doing this, like increasingly full-time and then like full-time it was the community. Like it, it wasn't about like selling a few sets of Baglary and, and making a couple of bucks. Like I, I had a great career. Like, and I, you know, I just finished my PhD, whatever. Like I, mm -hmm. uh, I was fine. I was good. Uh, and I was enjoying what I was doing, but the community really got me hooked. Like I got, uh, was suddenly connecting with people all over the place that have like passion for similar kind of things. And like these conversations about like all of the stuff, like I was in my own little weird niche world of one, before that, like yeah. loving these things and not, not knowing anybody else that played them or like into the materials. And I just like started connecting with people, uh, like just individuals. And then now it's like, it's at the point where there's a full on community and I get so many emails from people who have like benefited from these products. Uh, that's the, just like, it's so rewarding. And it tells me like, like, you know, keep, keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, totally. It's like, it's, it's something unique. There's not, as you mentioned, like there's not, not a lot of people doing anything even like remotely similar to, to what we're doing. And I'm just like trying to, trying to, to like advance the project. And I keep getting the kind of feedback that tells me I'm, I'm going in the right direction. So I'm like full speed. Yeah. It's really amazing. It kind of reminds me, like you're saying, like it, it came out of passion. You felt like there, there was nobody really else that you could talk to about this as you were making it. And then people yeah. started to find you in that community sort of built. Um, yeah. It reminds me of how like I started EDC, Mikey found me through my blog. And then now, you know, we're great friends. We worked together for like 10 years. Um, yeah. And then we've also built uh, a community uh, for ourselves. So I'm, I'm actually curious, like in this community that you're building, are they, yeah. were they mainly um, like people interested in these skill toys or, or the EDC world, or was there a crossover of both or how, how did that? It's, out? it's really been both. Uh, 
so there's a lot of like people coming across from EDC who have never like played with a thing in mm-hmm. their life and like, you know, and kind of like shy away from the the idea of like a skill toy or or even the term play, right? Let, let alone mm-hmm. fidget. Like, sure, yeah. <laughs> right? But they, um, but the fact that I was like doing these things from those like familiar EDC materials and taking them seriously and treating them seriously, uh, not like a, a plaything for kids, right? That right. kind of gives that like permission structure or whatever, like, like, okay, this is like a legit thing. And, and then you see some of the people playing it and they're like, wow, that's badass." And like, but Glary has like a lot in common with flipping oh, the Valley Salt butterfly that. knife. Yep. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah, so I have a trainer here. So. Yeah. So, so back in like the early days when I first started posting the Valley Song community was like a huge factor in legitimizing what I was doing. Like we had tons of support, like a couple of the guys that I first sponsored as players were like OG, like super legit, tons of cred, belly song flippers. And that like, that was a huge like blessing for, for our business ultimately. Although like at the time I was just like, uh, that's rad. This, this kid like yeah, can, yeah. can like, has this like transferable set of skills and is like, is kicking ass with, uh, <laughs> it's okay to swear, right? Of, of course I <laughs> don't, but you can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that was like a big factor, I think in like, um, kind of like making it okay to, to like play with these things for a lot of mm-hmm. people who might have otherwise, like if, if I had been doing like a bunch of videos of me, like juggling on a unicycle and posting the same Baglary videos, I think, I think it wouldn't have had the same kind of adoption. Right. Yeah. Right. But yeah, at, at the same time, there were also people who were into like yo-yos and other kind of skill toys who mm-hmm. saw Baglarian were like, oh, that's a thing that, or actually Kandama. Do you know Kandama? It's this yeah. Japanese skill. Kandama's yeah. Japanese, yeah, like thing. lands on the yeah, thing. Right. Yeah. So, so um, Kandama was really taking off, actually kind of took off way, way before Baglari. But um, a lot of the Kandama players that were really good uh, found Baglarian were like, you know, suddenly there's, there's this, this thing, because Kandama is like a kind of a big thing. You can't it's really put big. it in the pocket yeah. and you need space to play it. It's a little bit loud, right? Um, so the Kanama guys like found it and, and were like, this is a thing that fits in my pocket and like really fits into my life in places where, where Kanama doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. same thing, same thing with yo-yoing. Like you kind of need to stand up and you, you're involving both hands. Whereas Baglary, like you can be like sitting on the bus or, or whatever, just flipping right. Baglary around and, and it's, uh, it's kind of more discreet like that. And so, especially yeah, more like, discreet compared to a ballet song, right? Yeah. No, and that's, yeah. that's, that's just it. Like with the ballet song, even if you're flipping a trainer, uh, yeah. people are kind of still kind of looking at you. And, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And so this is like something where, especially in places where ballet songs aren't legal, um, mm. you can be flipping inside of the glary around and and uh, everybody's comfortable with it. I, right? I, am, I am curious, now yeah. that we're talking about con- contacting part of the EDC community, what was your background going into it from like a product design? How did you start discovering like the materials? How did you find, start developing the construction of the stuff? I know in my research, I know that your very first prototype of one of your products, which was the knuckle bones, you made that in school, right? It was like mm. a like a plastic shaft and yeah. then you created rubber ends for it. And that became like the prototype for your, for your, one of your most popular, one of your popular toys, right? Isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So Knucklebone is probably like, yeah, for sure. It's one of our biggest categories. Um, and yeah, the, the, you almost had it, Mikey. The, uh, the first one that I made was made from polymer clay. Polymer clay. There you uh, go. And it was like, I think I was in grade eight at the time. And I was like, I was a good student, but I was also like, like a challenging student. Cause I like didn't have a lot of attention and like, you know, I was, so I was like, I was like the guy who'd be standing up in the middle of class, uh, doing yo-yo tricks <laughs> and like not really realizing why, why I was getting in trouble for it. Mm. Uh, so I, like after parent teacher interviews, uh, one year, my dad came home and like had a talk with me. And so I, I like, I did the, uh, like I, I just got to work designing something that I could play with quietly in my hand that would like, it had to be something that I could do tricks with. Cause it, I didn't want just like stimulation. I wanted something that was like creatively engaging. So mm-hmm. that's where the, the knuckle bone came from, uh, just the polymer clay version. And I, yeah. it was literally like, like, oh man, like decades later, I was digging through some old boxes and uh, came, out, came across with the old one. I was making Bulgari at the time and I was like, hey, wait a sec, I wonder what like a machined metal uh, one of these would be like. And it was like easy enough to get it prototyped. Um, cool. 
Yeah. So just so, really quickly uh, for, for people who might not know what the knuckle bone looks mm -hmm. like, it's kind of like a little dumbbell, like, right. Uh, that fits yeah, in your, yeah, there you go. It's kind of like a little bone shape or a little dumbbell shape that's, uh, fits between your fingers and you can do tricks with it, like roll it between your fingers and stuff like that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Thanks. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, in terms of product design, Mikey, uh, I, I had no formal background. I just like, oops, I was like, you know, mildly art artistic as a kid and but like I, I really loved arts and crafts like I did when I was in university I was like sewing all my own clothes and uh like I did a lot of woodwork and leather work and stuff so I just like I always liked making stuff mm, right yeah. and I I've never had a uh like a metal lathe or anything uh that the learning about like the metal goods really just came through like through my exposure to different materials uh through like collecting knives and and whatnot but there was like, yeah, the kind of a design aesthetic that came like, you know, I've always, I've always liked like minimalist stuff and like clean geometry and that's so like, I definitely have a set of preferences. Yeah. A lot of your products, just like Balasong flippers are grounded in something else originally. Like for example, mm -hmm. the Balasong was, was originally a knife. It was a, it's a traditional knife from our part of town, from the film, from the Philippines. And then yeah. a lot of your other products as well, like, like the breeze, like the, like the wearables, the rings all yeah. have some some history to, to them. Yeah. But before that, what do you think is the purpose of like manipulation toys or fidget toys as part of somebody's EDC? Now, since you started crossing over with those guys, what, what do you think is, is like, a, like knuckle bones or like, or, or like these MK ultras that I'm wearing right now, which is the, which is the bracelet, the wearables. What do you think yeah. personally is their place in EDC? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I, like you see these types of things in all different cultures around the world. Right. And, and like long cultural traditions of, you know, people, um, here's like a set of, uh, comboloi from Greece. Right. So, you know, and it's like, you go anywhere in the Mediterranean or Middle East, North Africa, you're, you're likely to see, uh, people with a set of beads of some sort, uh, flipping them around and yeah, Bagleri, uh, have that origin as well. Right. So like in a lot of ways, these kinds of things predate uh like uh, definitely the contemporary edc community right like these yeah, were yeah. like personal accessories that people would have that were like a companion not not necessarily like a piece of jewelry uh but like just like something that they would always have on like they you know you're leaving the house you you're grabbing your wallet and your keys and your your set of whatever and you know uh like middle east north africa mediterranean you see these a lot of worry beads like that uh, this here is a set of Chetki, uh, which is like a, a Russian version, it originated from the rosary, but you can see this one has uh, got some like pretty, uh, pretty crazy artwork on it. Right, right. Um, there's this uh, concept in China called Wunwan, uh, which is, uh, is like, uh, the characters refer to like play and culture. And Ooh, you yeah. often, there's like a bunch of different variants of it, but uh, the the bowding balls, the metal balls that you the, the, the one with the bells inside, in, like yeah. So that's like under the umbrella of Wunwan. There's like there's a bunch of different things, and that's like one of the examples. But it's this kind of like like a skill oriented thing that has some depth to it. That is like you know part of your culture, and you kind of cultivate a connection to that thing. So you know what's its role in ED, EDC? Um, you know, to each person, it's going to be a different thing. And right for like, yeah. for some people, it has no role. It has no place, right? Like people there's, it's, it, it could be like a bit of a divisive topic for, for some people. Like I, I know there are some opinions about the like pocket trash and, and that sort of thing. Right. And I'm, I'm perfectly comfortable with those people not having my stuff in their pockets. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, like for, for me, myself and for like a lot of people in the community, it's just like, it, it, I think it has that that connection of being like a something of a companion, something that you you have with you all the time, and it's like something you grab for when like when you're a bit bored or if you're anxious or or when you're just passing the time, and it it, it means different things in different moments. Mm -hmm. uh, and for me, like you know, I've got like my different sets of the the MK Ultras, which is like um, you know, it's that, that's kind of our modern take on the the traditional Greek uh, worry beads, right? But I, you know, I'll take a, a set of these and like sometimes it serves the purpose of like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like a, a bit anxious and I don't know what to do with my hands or whatever. So there's like a kind of a, 
a social crutch there. Like if you don't know quite what to do to yourself, do with yourself, you're, you find yourself doing something. Yeah. Or if you're like, you know, you can slide the thing up and you're just like kind of counting beads if you're wanting to chill or like calm down a little bit. That's my move personally. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like if you just want, if you want like a little bit of like stimulation, like you just like passing the beads, letting them clock down. So like different things for different social contexts, uh, different like, uh, moods that you're in, whatever. Uh, and I, you know, personally, I carry a couple of these things usually with me and some of them are a little bit more kind of raucous and, and, uh, make a bit more noise. Some of them are like super discreet and you just like, you just have it in your hand and you're just mm -hmm. kind of like, uh, folding it over. Yeah. I, so. I find it really interesting because like also per, the, personally, my exposure to some of these tools is like, like the monk prayer beats, right? Um, yeah. like a lot of them, like similar to the mala beads in some of your products or the MK ultras yeah. or even necklaces, it's, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not particularly a religious person, but in, yeah. in using these, um, my own units of the stuff that I have from you, it's become also like, I, I get really anxious a lot and I do get fidgety with my hands, which is kind of like the, how I started getting into all of this stuff, like the knuckle bones and the MK ultras. Just today I was outside yeah. worrying because I have a trip coming up and I'm, I'm kind of like getting, starting to get anxious about the flight. Just as I'm planning, mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm just running the, I was wearing it outside and I was just, I just started just like running it through my, run, running it through my fingers. Like we were demonstrating right. as I was writing yeah. down like the stuff I needed to do just to kind of like, like I said, I'm not a religious person, but it, it kind of just like grounds me and starts balancing me and, I've seen even, I think, in some of your product reviews on your website, people are saying that your products help them, uh, like, quit smoking, right? Like, they just need something to do with their hands because they've replaced uh, that habit with something uh, maybe yeah. healthier or just more aligned with their goals. And um, I, I can see, like you're saying, that it's just a companion and something you reach for. And I think there's this aspect in EDC where, yes, people try to justify their their caring of things uh, because it's rooted in functionality or utility. But I, yeah. I think we cannot deny that there is some psychological need being met by having some of these things with us because they give a sense of, of comfort or peace of mind or preparedness, right? Because preparedness yeah. doesn't mean just like you have the right tool to accomplish any job, but sometimes it's just like you feel naked without it. And yeah. I think it's perfectly valid if for some people they'll feel naked without you know, one of these companions, whether it's a skill toy or like a prayer bead or, you or know, like something like that. Or like a knife. Yeah. Or yeah. like a watch. Like my dad, like he, he, you know, he's into watches and stuff too, but he also wears um, like, it's not a full rosary, but it's beads with a cross. Mm. And um, that's just important to him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's, <laughs> he's Filipino too. And I think yo-yos are also Filipino. So yeah, like yeah, a lot of these yeah. skill toys yeah. Yeah, yeah. are Filipino. And speaking yeah. of skill toys, I think it's important um, because there's this stigma around, at least in the EDC community, there's a stigma yeah. around fidget toys as yeah. being, like you said earlier, pocket trash. And I think just those, it's the language that we use, right? Yeah. So fidget toy, uh, it, it does not invoke like a sense of utility or um, function there because yeah. you're just you're just being anxious and you're just playing with something, right? You're not getting yeah. anything done. But then I've seen this like reframed as a focus tool, right? Yeah. So I think that's really interesting where it yeah. can help some people um, just optimize their mental state to do whatever they need to do. And how is that different from, you know, a pocket knife letting you do what you need to do, like cut a box or something? I think, I think that's valid and legitimate in that use too. You, you said it really well, Bernard, like uh, in terms of utility, like what could be more useful than like like managing your internal state and your, yeah. your, your mind. Right. <laughs> so like I have plenty of patience for people who don't see value in the stuff and, and that's totally fine. Yeah. Uh, I also don't feel any need to like try and explain to them because it's like self-explanatory. Like, um, you get it when you get it. Yeah. And, and if you don't get it and you, you have no place for it, then, then awesome. Like, like, like maybe you're a step ahead, like who knows, but, right. but, um, yeah, like I, I just want to go back to to something you mentioned earlier about the product reviews. People talking about like quitting smoking and so on. Like when I was talking earlier about like validation from the community, man, I hear from so many people who like, for example, like uh, military veterans who have PTSD, mm. uh, who have like found immense like comfort in in our products, and uh, people who are 
it's it's so rad to hear like people who are going through like addictions recovery or they're like they've been sober like there's a guy that emailed me last month he's like I've been sober for my like a year. I'm about to go through my first sober birthday and like oh, however amazing. long. And and I want to buy myself a new dead eye coin and like uh what what do you recommend? And like uh and you know that that sort of thing is is so awesome to hear. And there's actually like research around like regulation of our autonomic nervous system and how like you know everybody's tuned a little bit differently, right? Everybody's like got different levels of like attention and excitedness and whatnot. Uh, but for a lot of people, and this is true, I think of a lot of people that have ADD or ADHD, uh, they, their mind is craving some extra stimulation, Mm. right? Like that's what, like people, people think like they're hyperactive and they, they take Ritalin and it calms them down. Ritalin is not a depressant. Ritalin is actually a stimulant and it, 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 uh, it's a stimulant because it like gives, gives you extra stimulation to like help calm down the autonomic nervous system. Right. And so, so there's this concept of uh, uh, external or, or like outboarding the uh, autonomic regulation. So basically, like people do it through like you know tapping their feet, clicking their pen, whatever. But but it's all serving essentially the same purpose of like giving you that ability to offload some of the work of like calming the system down from your mind to your hands. Oh, right? interesting. Yeah. So so you're like rather than like trying to suppress that through just like calm down, Matt, calm down, calm. Like you're actually like providing this like direct stimulation. Uh, and that's like, you know, I'm, I'm not a, a counselor or a therapist. I, yeah, I, sure. My, but whatever. So your mileage may vary, right? But there's a bunch of like contemporary research about exactly that sort of thing. And I just, I just realized also when you mentioned one of your anecdotes of like a recovering um, alcoholic, don't they also get a coin mm-hmm. when they complete their like 12 steps? Mm-hmm. It's, it's part yeah, of yeah. That, 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 that symbolism and that reminder, that memento of, of, of them ac- accomplishing something and achieving that goal. I think that can be that can that's also transferable to like some of these mementos we carry with us. The whole concept of, so. of challenge coins, right? That's, that's yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of like been yeah. adopted by EDC as well. And, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, there's people that they'll, they'll carry their grandfather's pocket knife, and exactly. like, it's a constant reminder, like, like, don't let this dude down. He sacrificed a lot for mm-hmm. for my family or whatever, right? Or, like, or like, right. like a wedding ring, like the whole concept of a wedding ring. It's just a reminder of your of your vows, right? It's cool that you mentioned like we're starting to get into the into the realm of like mindfulness and like meditation and like calming oneself down. This is kind of like yeah. something Bernard's kind of interested in as well. Um, yeah. Do you have any mindfulness or meditation practices yourself? And how has that like informed your decision making and creating new products or tweaking them or, or improving them? The ones that involve my products directly are, are fairly informal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you could call it a mindfulness practice to like, you know, carry one of these sets around with you and use it when you need it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do... Uh, I know there's a lot of people that use our product, specifically the uh, MK Ultras or our Mala beads. They use it for breath work, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll have like a a certain routine every morning, doing like X number of cycles. Uh, and there's like there's a, a bunch of different approaches to breath work uh, that you know we we could talk about, but but you know it's a I I do I do some of that stuff when I meditate, I, which I, I meditate fairly often. Uh, I don't I don't actually use my products for it. Uh, I just, you know, I just sit and, and, yeah. uh, that's, that's my meditation practice is a sitting practice. Uh, and I, I know there's people that, that, that use the products for that. And, uh, some of them are like very kind of conducive to just kind of chilling out in that way. Uh, biggest thing for me, like mental health wise, I think is exercise. Like I, I run quite a lot, uh, almost every day and, uh, do, do a bunch of other stuff. Like for me, there's, there's no substitute for just like getting the body active in terms of like calming my system down, uh, I, I need uh, that in my life. I, I think it's no accident that I've ended up in this line of work yeah. and like creating all of these tools. I think there's a there's a need that I feel, and I've got different approaches uh, for it. But yeah, like uh, running is like a huge one, and I you know when I run, I do the nasal breathing and and the whole bit. But. I I had um, just something that kind of came to mind uh, when I I look at your products and especially your emphasis on material selection and Mm -hmm. how this can potentially relate to mindfulness. So like I, you know, I've been practicing meditation for a few years and I'm taking it a little bit more seriously now and I I don't use any products while I'm doing it. Um, But I think there's opportunities to just be 
uh, more present and aware with your everyday carry gear. And one way to do that is to really feel the sensation of the materials of your gear. And I think yeah. this is really interesting in how you um, show this in your catalog because you have similar designs or the same designs, but done up in different materials. And yeah. you'll describe the difference of these materials and how it translates to you know the hand feel, the weight, the balance, all of that mm. stuff. <laughs> That's very, I think, um, in line with some principles of mindfulness and awareness and just general presence where you think about the sensations and the experience of something in your hand. And um, it's not just like, oh, I can flip this thing, but it's like, how does it feel in motion? How does it like, what is the temperature, you know, the, yeah. the texture, all of that stuff. And that can just help you think um, in greater detail and look more closely um, in that present moment when you're interfacing with something in your hands. And that can apply to our, our EDC gear. And it doesn't have to be like, you know, around square uh, skill toys. It could be um, just like your knife or your wallet or flashlight or whatever. There's textures, there's knurlings, there's different weights, there's different right. materials, hand feel, like all of that. Um, and that's in all EDC gear. And I think it's that's something you can do for free to like connect yeah. more with your your everyday carry gear and maybe even get some, some sense of uh, mindfulness or presence uh, with the stuff you carry every day. I was also going to say yeah, that that's the kind of thing that the EDC community also kind of nerds out about, right? Um, people get really obsessed about like the the little details. Like Bernard's a watch guy; the details are, are really really matter, and the material construction and like the design of it, how everything ties in together. You just you you have a greater appreciation of the stuff that you have when they're when they're well built you, you like subconsciously start appreciating if something is well designed or if something is well built mm -hmm. and you you can you you can start appreciating a lot more of your gear if you if you frame it from that point of view right and i think that's mm -hmm. that's also what like bernard has mentioned i appreciate that you have an entire line of products for the same type of product but also across like different price points and you're never framing it like I also saw in like on on the on on the site. You describe it that you don't describe it in terms of like price points. You describe it in terms of of feel or a different type of weight or a different sensation for how you're when you when you play with the toys or when you wear the toys, or even like how you differentiate between the sizes of of like the MK Ultras between the ten millimeter to the fifteen millimeter. It feels a bit weightier on the wrist. It it, it has a bit more presence. This is the similar. This is similar language to how watch people talk about, like case sizes for their yeah. watches, or like that extra two millimeters of a deep carry pocket clip makes all the difference for some people, right? Like if it's sticking out of your pocket just a little bit, it it's kind of like uh, it's not absolutely perfect. And yeah, there's I, I really love the yeah, we're a bunch of nerds, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we kind of are. It's right. like the theme of this podcast. Yeah. Now, I mean, I honestly, I, I used to be like a self-conscious about and like a bit apologetic about being such a nerd, mm. but like I kept getting the feedback from people like, you know, like my, my product launch videos, I used to try to keep them under 20 minutes and then it was like creeping up, creeping up. The uh, latest one I did, I think it was like 37 minutes. Yeah, I watched it. And, uh, <laughs> I watched all of it. <laughs> and, but people are like, I, like, I, like don't shorten them. And now I'm just like, I'm full on. I'll just like geek out and talk about these like nuances because you know, like what i realized is like is that the, it matters to people like the the little differences in description like if you're if you're you know if you're rolling a knuckle bone uh for a couple of hours every day like the smallest difference in the texture or the material or the weight or whatever you're you're gonna feel it right like it's your hands just right. get tuned that much closer to what you're what you're doing and i think uh um, you know, you, you get your EDC people that are all about copper or all about titanium or whatever. Yeah. And, and there's, they, they may not even be conscious of the reasons for that. Right. They might like, maybe they think they just like the look, but they actually really like the feel or something like that. Exactly. Yes. And there, there are people that would, you know, mod their, their knives to get it just the way they want to get the mm. action just the way they want. They'll like lubricate yeah. their knives, take it apart. You know, yeah. that's, uh, that's like very involved and it builds this connection to your gear that I think goes um, a little bit beyond just like the pure functionality and performance. And I think that's something to be celebrated and nerding out. I think it's just like, that's a gift, you know, yeah, and yeah, if you yeah. can find the right people to share that with, that's great. Mm -hmm. But totally. I will admit there are a lot of people that probably don't understand what we're talking about right now. And uh, there's still a lot of things that I um, 
don't know and want to learn about. So selfishly, I'm going to ask you because I think you're more knowledgeable. Uh, one of the trends that we're seeing in the EDC space is the use of the material Ultum. And I made a video about it because I thought it kind of looked like pee and it just felt <laughs> like plastic to me. And I don't really get it. Um, but since it's so popular, I feel like there must be something there. And I am okay admitting that maybe it's just me. Maybe I don't see what everyone else sees. So as you know, sub, uh, a maker who has worked with this material, like, can you school me on what makes Ultum like the new thing right now? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, it's trendy and I wasn't like, I, I wasn't ahead of the curve on this one. Like I, I try to be pretty up on things, eh? but mm -hmm. I, um, I was a little bit flat footed with the, the Ultum thing. But yeah, like it's, it's been one of our most popular uh, materials for sure. Like we, we pretty much sell out uh, same weekend uh, with anything that we launch in Ultum. Um, I got to say, like, it doesn't help that the chemical formula gets abbreviated as PEI. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know who, oh, who, no. who chose yeah. that one. But, yeah. um, so, I mean, I, I can't speak to to the popularity in other gear. Like an, a knife to me with like Altum scales or even like an Altum frame, that seems like an unlikely match to me. And okay. I, I don't fully understand that. Um, for, and then like, I know it has like special thermal properties. This is a set of Altum Chepke that oh, I okay, uh, prototyped nice. it. Yeah. And, uh, so what I can speak to is in, in our materials, like aesthetically it's beautiful, right? And it looks, a it looks a hell of a lot like Amber. Uh, yes. so, so this, there's a, a natural connection here. I've got a couple sets here. Um, so this is, a. In terms of like connection, amber is one of the materials that was traditionally used for uh, comboloy and tespa in like the Mediterranean region. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's like, and uh, even like, there's even a connection to like polymer plastics because uh, the fat one and like some of the like reconstituted amber that they would use, they would basically like mix the shavings of amber resin, uh, plastic with, uh, sorry, mix the shavings of, of, of real like, uh, like amber with mm -hmm. like polymer resin to like kind of reconstitute it and and get new beads out of it right so there's like that has a long a long history to it and so i feel like there's kind of an uh, authenticity and legitimacy to something that looks like uh amber made from polymer uh materials okay okay so there's that aspect to it so it's it's beautiful it has this kind of like sort of like it's tenuous but it's like a bit of a historical connection that i yeah. that i am happy to talk about uh but also like what i find in in my materials we have a lot of people who are real like uh um like clack fiends like they 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 i i've been nicknamed uh the clack dealer uh from, uh, <laughs> from some yeah, of my customers good. like that's the good. sound uh, right like the sonic right and the haptics, sound right and so okay. you get you get this sound and it's like it's mm. you have a and it's like it's nice you have right? a whole and world of keyboard enthusiasts who just are just nodding along to yeah. what oh, yeah. you're talking about Dude, yeah totally right <laughs> so so um there is like a special a special feeling with the the sound of the ultim beads it's oh. uh, i i don't know what the actual like hardness properties are but but when you're when you're as familiar as like we in the community are with the different materials, you start to like you can almost pick them out by the sound. So Delrin, for example, has it's a softer material and it has like a, a really like warm warm to the touch kind of feel. It's like a, a warmer, deeper sound. Whereas the 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 clack that you get with the the Ultim, it's like a higher pitched, like crisper sound. Mm -hmm. And some people totally love that. They're like like super hooked on it, right? So that's just like it's another like really geeky little nuance yeah, of, that is of super the things, but but I think that that definitely explains some of the appeal uh, of Altum for at least for the, the worry beads. And I I noticed it a lot when I'm playing with this out of check key, like the clack is is really different than this one here. This made of this one's made of ebony. I don't know if you'll you'll be able to hear the difference, but it's like a it's just a it's a very different sound. This one's like much higher pitched, mm. and uh, it has a different feel. Like it, it's like it's it's crisper in the hand and it's uh yeah that's that leads me to my next question i'm really interested now because like from the perspective of a of a tool maker and an edc maker and also somebody like 
in the really deep end of material construction and like material acquisition to make all of your all of your stuff. Now that you have access to like zirconium and mer, um, mm. is it mercuri and Timascus, all of those, oh, yeah, mokutai, mokutai, yeah, all of those. It, for, for for people who are not familiar, these are materials that are combinations of other exotic materials, right? It's mm. it's t- titanium plus other materials to create like a Damascus pattern, which creates Timascus, right? That's that's how those go. Yeah. So yeah. from that kind of perspective, and the fact that you've made tools and toys from all of these materials, what is your personal favorite? And what do you think about the whole genre of like exotics as a whole? For for me personally, I'm like pretty much a titanium mm. preference Same. through and through. <laughs> Same. Same. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it, it would be easy for me to like fully deck myself out with everything Zerkutai. And I and I I love the Zerkutai. Like it's it's freaking gorgeous. And I like this one here. So yeah, the Zerkutai, it's like layers of different grades of titanium ah. with zirconium. And then they they uh polish it, etch it, torch it, and it's like it comes out uh with these like grain patterns, which is just beautiful, right? Uh <clears throat> I feel like for me personally, like, you know, I'm kind of type of guy like like my favorite color is gray. I like everything minimalist. Like I, mm. I'm not one for too much bling. And titanium is like, it's like a, a great material. It's like it's got all the right properties. It's strong. It's light. It's like got good hardness. And and for the stuff I design, uh, it's, it's no real secret in the community. Like a lot of my designs are like optimized for titanium. So mm-hmm. if I'm like looking at the thickness of something, uh, I. I'll I'll decide the thickness based on how much this is going to weigh when it's made out of titanium. Oh, right? interesting. So people who want like a lighter version, they'll they'll go for aluminum, and people who want a heavier version, they'll go for stainless steel, copper, brass. But like I I, I pretty much optimize things for titanium for the most part. Um, uh, yeah, I I do have to say I don't I don't think I have one right here with me, but I I do like a little accent sometimes of like mokutai or zirkutai. So sometimes on on my sets, I'll I'll uh, make the the little locking bead here. I'll I'll put like a, a zirkutai or a mokutai bead on that, just as like a, yeah. a little a little thing extra, right? That, but, that's a nice but, callback as well to some exotic um, knife makers and flashlight makers. Their clip is mm-hmm. flamed titanium, or it's it's the perfect accent to like an all gray tool. And then you or like yeah. tactile turn also does this where their clips and their components. It's just like that perfect little accent. Like like an, if you know if you if you know you know. Like it's such a, it's such a small mm-hmm. thing. But like I was telling yeah. Bern, uh, like earlier with Bernard and watches. Like the details matter, right? All the all the yeah. small the small details make you appreciate stuff more. Oh man, uh, yeah. And we like to we like to customize our things in the ways that we can, right? And so it's actually really cool now that I've been doing this for enough years. Like I'll see people who have like their you know their own collection of beads and I'll I'll sell something and they'll like take it apart and they'll like change up like the, you know they might put brass here or like one brass one copper or something like that mm. or you know we get sets and you can put different accents on them and so so it's nice to see people personalizing and and customizing stuff in their own way and yeah I I, I love that it's gotten to the point where that's possible yeah Actually, Gabe, our producer, was curious. What's your most best-selling product, or what's the most popular products that you sell? Is it mostly titanium across all of the products, or is it a specific type of product? What's the most popular stuff? Uh, yeah, I mean, if I look at our, our sales volume, it's titanium for sure, which is kind of kind of not intuitive because it's one of the more expensive, mm. like uh, apart from exotics. Uh, oh, I, I kind of I, I lost uh, Bernard's question there. Exotics in general. I, I do love them and and there's people that love them so I, I got to make them right mm, yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah t- titanium is the definitely the most popular material um, if I if I had everything in the catalog available in Altum who knows like like 2024 <laughs> might be the Altum year but I but I don't uh, titanium yeah. is is one like every product that we have we have it in titanium so but it does it does definitely outsell um, the other standard materials like stainless steel and aluminum. By like honestly, by like three to one. Wow. wow. Do you have any yeah. insight? Like, who is buying titanium? Is it like the EDC crowd or like the skill toy crowd? Or or both? Both. Wow. Okay, both. Yeah. 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 And it's um, you know, a lot of a lot of the people that are coming just from skill toys, they might start out with a, a twenty dollar set of Bagleri that has uh, like Delrin and stainless steel, 
and then like play with it for a couple months and then come back for the titanium version because they they want that uh, yeah yeah so yeah. i tried to get into some skill stuff i uh i have like this squid industries um yeah, yeah. here i think this is all aluminum i know that they make like titanium stuff but even this uh was pretty expensive so yeah yeah it's surprising that um like something like titanium would would sell the most because I think maybe, maybe those people are just like really good at that toy. Cause I, I couldn't like bring myself to invest uh, in a really expensive trainer until I got good. I can only do like two tricks on this. Uh, and you know, I, I'm thinking about it now and I've had different forms of, um, I guess, skill toys or skill items in my everyday carry. Like, uh, oh my gosh, uh, in college, which is like 10 years ago or something. Um, I would carry a deck of playing cards and it would have like an EDC. Um, clip. It was like a stainless steel formed clip that mm. clips the deck together. So oh, that yeah, the cards, keep yeah, keep them straight. Mm. So you can do yeah. cardistry flourishes, yeah. right? So, um, and I, I just wanted to touch on just this distinction between something like a fidget toy, which might get um, uh, some stigma associated with it, especially when you think about what got popular in around 2020 with like teenagers, it's just like that try spinner thing, right? Yeah, right. There's no real skill involved in spinning a, yeah. a fidget spinner, right? Um, it right. does maybe give you the the simulation that you're talking about, but it seems like your best selling tools and the the tools you make and the skill toys you make have this aspect of skill expression, and I think the aspect Ooh, of skill e expression makes yeah. it just more legitimate and has adds so much depth to what that thing can do for you in your everyday carry because yeah. i think everybody has some innate desire to be skilled at something <laughs> right nobody <laughs> likes sucking at everything they do they're right like why are we yeah. doing anything um so i think this this level of skill expression is something really interesting and something that maybe people who don't really understand the world of you know skill toys, focus tools, and like this kind of side of EDC, this little pocket, maybe yeah. that's something that can bring them in. Because, you know, if you're coming from this idea of preparedness and functionality and performance, that all yeah. kind of does in some way involve a level of skill, right? You wouldn't invest in performance and functionality if you didn't want to do something better, if you didn't want to do something mm -hmm. well. And that's kind of like, um, it ties into, I think, this idea of skill. So skill expression is really cool um and if i were to to try something out from uh your catalog it might be the knuckle bones um just because i'm a rock climber uh oh, i'm yeah. a rock climber and i need like finger strength and dexterity and yeah. that kind of stuff will help with circulation and and like mobility of my fingers um just doing that kind mm -hmm. of rolling um so pretty cool in the uh in the past i would just have like my machined edc pen and just like roll that uh, between my fingers but i think that um has like this level of focus and skill expression that's missing and just you know kind of mindlessly rolling a pen through my fingers yeah you've uh, you've said a bunch there that i i would love to respond to like um sure. definitely major distinction between something like a, a fidget spinner versus this kind of thing right like it's yeah. um I honestly, like I, I could have, I, I could have made a lot of money in 2020 like with yeah. <laughs> selling those things, but I like it, it really just never interested me. Like aesthetically, I, I can actually appreciate like some of the brands out there make beautiful, like pieces of art that are like spinners. Like there's still yeah. companies out there doing them and it's like, like awesome. Like, I still next, want next them, level. honestly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, but I like, it just never interested me. Like I, I bought a couple to check them out and I like played it once and I like, because it didn't have the depth to it that I yeah. that I needed, right? I I wanted something more where I could go somewhere with it. Like it, it wasn't giving me enough. I need that kind of open platform. But yeah, in terms of like other benefits of the stuff, I you mentioned rock climbing. We actually have quite a few rock climbers in the community, and this is like again like a little bit counterintuitive. But we have a ton of uh, strength athletes and martial artists, like combat sports enthusiasts. Mm -hmm that that i uh, use our products uh including like some like like pretty scary guys <laughs> <laughs> uh that are that that use these things like as serious tools um to counteract the effect of like like if you know brazilian jiu-jitsu they're like grabbing on the gi all the time and, yeah. and this kind of thing so you're like you're clenching with a lot of strength all the time and so it's like 
opening up the fingers again, maintaining that dexterity uh, and kind of lubricating the joints and stuff. Exactly. Um, some of those guys, like the guys that have been at it a long time, have like pretty like gnarled arthritic fingers. And uh, and like one of the guys told me he he felt like he got 10 years back on his hands after finding the knuckle bones. So, so again, like, like I'm not making like medical claims or anything, but uh, there's, there's gotta be something there. Uh, and we definitely like have enough people in the community uh, that that's kind of convinced me that there's a thing there. But. Yeah. I'll try it out for myself. I'll add like plus one to your data set then. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> This kind of begs a question also for kind of our audience who's who's discovering you for the first time through this show. What would you recommend to somebody coming like as a beginner to your products? Like with your you said you had 1500 SKUs. What would you mm -hmm. recommend to somebody looking to find their first I guess um focus tool or their first meditation tool? What what would you personally recommend to somebody coming in fresh? Actually, um, just on the terms there, um, we, we touched on a, a variety of different terms. One of the terms that, that I don't hear often, but I really like is uh, one that I actually borrow from education, which is the term manipulatives. Ooh, nice. So okay. uh, like manipulatives, like it, as opposed to like a, a skill toy or like a, a fidget thing or whatever, it's like something that you manipulate that's kind of a scaffold uh, for other aspects of your life. Yeah, so, it's more broad. So all of these have that kind of manipulation aspect uh, to it. And I, I joke around with uh, digital manipulation, the term. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, follow me uh, on my digital manipulatives, by the way. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what do, what do I recommend? Uh, we actually have like, honestly, it's like, it's like asking like, you know which which bike do you want like what, what's your favorite color right, like, right uh, sure. it's it, it really is like um what i i would say like look at the catalog and what speaks to you like what thing do you do you see and you find it intriguing because like the what you're going to get the most benefit from is the thing that you actually like really love and want to carry mm. like so, mm -hmm. so so should you should you get copper or brass or or like pink anodized aluminum like, like i don't know which one which one do you like the looks of uh, it's like, that's probably more important than, than the weight or the, the thing. So like for, for people who don't really want to see themselves wanting to do like learning tricks with something and they just want something really low key, uh, the dead eyes are like more like a worry stone type of thing. And you can do like, like pretty neat manipulations with them, but, but, uh, it's, it's definitely more low key and it has that kind of, uh, just ergonomic kind of worry stone aspect to it. The knuckle bones are, I'm kind of going, making a progression here. The mm -hmm. knuckle bones are a little bit trickier to, um, to learn, to learn rolls with. It's, a, it's still quite accessible. And even if your fingers don't have a lot of that dexterity, like you'll, you'll be able after a couple of hours to like get it between your fingers. And then it, then from there, it's like, you just keep grinding on it until like you start, start getting a bit flowier. Um, Baglari is also pretty accessible, but it's like, you're a little bit, a little bit bigger and a little bit like there's more risk of it flying yeah, out of your hand and dropping dynamic. and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and then like getting up there, we have, you know, the, the Czechy, some people just like really love the story of Czechy. Czechy are actually kind of, kind of a crazy story. They're like, uh, their origins, like they became popular in the like Russian prison, prison system and the, like among the Russian mafia. And wow. so that there's, there's this kind of like, like mystique around them, um, which, some people are drawn to that. So like whatever, whatever thing kind of speaks to you. And then we have, we have other stuff that are more like full on skill toys, but um, you know, if some people like the idea of a wearable piece. And so the, the MK ultras, yeah, you got it. Like, just yeah. like, um, yeah, that, that, so that, that's, it's my, my non-recommendation recommendation. Okay. Right? It's like, yeah, just so just, useful. just from a personal anecdote as well. Like I said, at the start of the show, I was looking for a, particular wearable I, t I wanted titanium beads and nobody was making them except you and then i was into other more in, along the lines of the fidget toy exotic type of toy i was i don't know if you're familiar with laudier products um yeah they're they're one of the guys that i had in mind when i was talking about spinners like i 
I I love their their aesthetic. Their designs look look really cool, right? Yeah, like super high end stuff. I, I I fell down that rabbit hole as well. I owned a few of them, and then I discovered I I wanted to try the knuckle bones because it, it kind of appealed to me. I was also kind of starting to learn how to flip as well. So there was that whole skill aspect that kind I I kind of got interested in, and then I realized, hey, you're making a lot of stuff. This is before I discovered the whole catalog, but I discovered that you were making a lot of stuff that was EDC adjacent. It was kind of appealing to me, yeah. definitely. Like you said, titanium, mm -hmm. titanium all day. And then I got a pair of, yeah. I got the titanium knuckle bones and that was it for me. I, I literally sold all of my other fidget toys and everything. And I'm oh, like, wow. I'm just, I'm, I'm just all day with a, with a, I'm just waiting for you not to make a Bella song. So yeah, do, well, you, you and like, like a thousand other people. I'm just waiting for your Bella song, man, which I think that's a great yes. segue though. Yeah. Because like, what, what if, so we're talking about skill toys and like maybe people who are listening to this who are more into like the functional gear maybe they're not fully sold on that part of edc just yet uh or maybe they're like me and they they're <laughs> they've already reached their skill ceiling and they're they're quite uh they're just kind of like fumbling around there but you have a new product coming out um and this is pretty core edc do you want to talk about this for a bit yeah sure uh have you got yours yeah i have mine here sweet yeah so this is um this is the base knife. So this is a first pocket knife that that we've done, and uh, it might might be the first of many. We'll see. But it's um basically like I I got into collecting knives uh quite a few years ago. Like before I was actually making Baglari, I I wanted a decent pocket pocket knife. I'm I've always been the type of person that wanted to have like one good thing rather than twenty things that are trash, mm. right? And so mm -hmm. I, I wanted to get like good pen, good knife, uh, and that sort of thing. Uh, and yeah, like I, I didn't, I didn't ever have intentions to design my own knife. Uh, it wasn't an ambition cause it's like, it's such a crowded market. There's so many yeah. great makers and they're, they're, they're like these days, it's hard to find a bad knife. Like there, there are so many great ones out there. Right. Uh, and, uh, it's like a really well, well-served, uh, market, but I, I didn't set out to, to collect knives. Like I, I, I wasn't a, didn't see myself as a collector, but I kept buying knives and eventually I realized like the reason I keep buying them is because I'm not finding the one that I want. Like I'm, I, I right, keep buying right. one that I think is like, I think this is going to be it. Like after this, I'm not going to need to buy another knife. And then like two weeks later, I'm like buying another one. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <clears throat> and then I, like, I lay them all out on my desk and I see like, okay, there's definitely a type here. Like, like almost all of them are titanium. Mm -hmm. Uh, they're, almost all of them are like thumb stud or dual thumb stud. Uh, like they, they have like clean, cl as clean as you can get with geometry. And we can talk about that. Like a lot of the EDC stuff I find is like very tactical looking. Uh, and I like, right. there isn't a lot out there uh, that's like just really clean and minimal. Right. So, you know, I, as the years went by and I, I kept collecting knives and I, I kept getting more and more experience with uh, designing and machining metal products uh, I started to just like sketch out like by, by that point, there's kind of clear what the feature set was, like what kind of, what my preferences were and, and still like nothing had kind of come along that, that I felt like checked all of the boxes for me. So I, I, I started to design my own. So, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the, the origin of this. And, um, to basically I, I wanted something small, uh, minimalist. Like I, I, I get, why a lot of people like to have a bigger knife, but like I've got a couple of the small Savenzas mm -hmm. and like, even those are, are bigger than what I need. And I just, I find like on day-to-day -day basis, it's like a big ask for me. I've got, I've got a lot of nice stuff that I want to carry in my pocket yeah. and to have like a, uh, something even as big as a small Savenza in my pocket all day. I, I just found myself as much as I love those knives, I, I found myself like taking them out and like leaving them on the desk rather than keeping them in my pocket. And, and I wanted something small, small, but like still functional for like the, the odd jobs that I do around the house and that sort of thing. And uh, so, yeah, that's kind of kind of the background on this guy. And I I just wanted to make it with like great materials, good fit and finish and uh, and like in, in the style that I wanted. And that's yeah, and, nice. Yeah. Like you mentioned earlier, it's pretty core EDC. And for for audience members who don't know, Sabenza is kind of like. For a long time, uh, Chris Reeves' Sabenza has been like the gold standard for an EDC knife. Top tier materials, titanium, yeah. um, titanium handles. And there's a lot of that DNA that that clearly, Bernard and I were talking about it, it clearly went into this knife as well. Like 
like you mentioned, the frame mm-hmm. lock and the titanium handles and dual thumb studs, and even the use of like Tanto as an option, which which Chris Reeves also does for their knives. Mm-hmm. So it's very core EDC. It's very EDC centric. This yeah. this um, this knife. Yeah, like I, I think I had mentioned in an email, uh, Mikey, that that in a, in some ways this is kind of like an homage to to the Sabenza because I like I do love and love my Sabenzas, uh, and I you know I it predated me. They're no longer around, but I think they the Chris Reeve had a another model. I think it might have been called the Umfan or something like that. Mm-hmm. That was like a smaller version of the Sabenza, like way back in the day. But like you, you can't find them anymore, yeah. right? And that's another thing that kind of bugged me. Like, um, there are like like makers smaller shops that are making things that are pretty clean and minimal looking that like almost check all the boxes for me but there's like there's so so many things in the knife community that are like unavailable like you'll find you'll find a great a great knife that you're Mm -hmm. like oh my god i have to have that thing and then you'll go through like 10 different websites and it's like not available not yeah there's a wait list or something yeah, yeah, and so so that was another another issue for me because I'm I'm the type of person that wants to have like a standard thing. I I don't want like the the one off super custom like artisanal made thing. Like right. I I want something where yeah I can go back and get another one or I can get a get a backup or I can buy one for a friend. And so yeah, um, yeah that's like another reason that like led me to led me to make my own here. Bernard and I had that idea also to to make a an episode where we talk about all the stuff that got away, like EDC, old EDC <laughs> stuff that got away. And you're talking to right. you're talking to the right people. Like I have three of a certain type of shoe, I have four of a certain type of shirt. I like stocking up on stuff that's high quality and really stuff that I like. And I I, yeah. I dread the fact that if I have something I like and then they stop making it, and I can't get it yeah. anymore. And I want to replace the exact same thing. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. that's like a night gear gear hoarder nightmare syndrome for me. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, that yeah. could that could be an exercise in letting go and being present, <laughs> sure. Mikey. Because uh, yeah, <laughs> not not everything will last forever. But right. if people did want to stock up on the base knife, when is this going to be available, and what is the pricing like for them? February twenty third is when it's going live on our website, cool. uh, and. Price wise, I um, I really wanted to control the price. Like it's a, it was a passion project. It took me like like three years to get this thing uh, to completion, mm-hmm. uh, and I I just really I want to get it out there. So I I'm doing a regular price of two twenty five U S dollars, and uh, I I always do this thing. Uh, Mikey might be familiar. Like when I launch a new product, I always uh, give a, a what I call launch pricing for the first weekend that I that I launch it. And that's kind of just like a, a way of saying thanks to um, to close followers and earlier adopters of the new things. <clears throat> and and just like uh, after that, like the, the price is set and we don't do sales or anything like that. Like it's, it's extremely rare for us to, to discount anything after that because we need that stability in the pricing. Um, <clears throat> but uh, but yeah, so I, it's going to be a regular price of 225, but I'm actually launching it for 175. Which I think for for this uh, like this material set, there's like yeah, pretty sweet, pretty, pretty yeah. much a steal, right? But that that launch pricing only goes through the weekend. So what I what I was gonna do for your viewers and listeners is to to do a an exclusive uh, promo code for you guys. Oh, awesome! Uh, Appreciate that. Yeah, yeah, which will give them the which will give them the same discount, uh, even though they're they're missing the launch weekend. So. Oh, thank Very you for cool. accommodating yes. our <laughs> our podcast schedule. Yeah, we, yeah. we do appreciate. <laughs> of that. course. No, no, yeah. of course. It's a, it's like it's a great opportunity to to be on with you guys and to share to share this with uh with your your people and uh yeah, definitely like don't want to don't want don't want to leave them out just because of our schedules, right? right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so this kind of begs the question, now that you have your knife, your ideal knife, what's a pocket check like for you de- uh these days? What are you carrying in your pockets? So I'm I'm usually carrying a fountain pen. I've got a uh, uh, like titanium fountain pens mm. that we started doing. This was another thing I was chasing for a long time, and then finally just made my own. Yeah. Uh, so got got the knife, got the fountain pen. These days, uh, I'm likely to have a, a set of MK Ultras and a set of Chetki. And Chetki is the one thing that is not titanium. I've got uh, now. I've gotten such a preference for the uh, the ebony wood Chetki. I just like. I love the clock. I love the feel. Mm-hmm. I love that it's a natural material. So like these four probably, and then and then plus like usually one other item uh, might be a knuckle bone, might be something else. But I just for for the purposes of like keeping my skills up in all of the the disciplines, so to speak. Yeah. I try to like rotate a little bit of uh, carry. I'll, I'll carry a dead eye sometimes, carry a knuckle bone sometimes, just so I I uh, keep the skills sharp. 
Cool. Yeah. And lastly, cool. where can people find you and all of these wonderful products that you make? Do you have any socials you want to plug or where can people find you? Sure. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, we're pretty much everywhere uh, on like Instagram is my main one at around square. Mm -hmm. So around square with an A at the front. Right. Yeah. And our website's around square.com. Uh, if you go to aroundsquare.com, we've got a community link and that has like links to everything else. We've got a discord server, we've got a, a Facebook groups and so on. So whatever your pleasure, you can find us there. Thank you, Matt. Um, so that just about wraps it up for today's episode. If you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's discussion. And if you did, please consider subscribing. If you're listening through a podcast service and you really enjoy what we do here, uh, please consider leaving a review and a positive rating as it would really help the podcast. You can follow us on social media for more content daily on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and all of that will be linked below. And if you want to be part of our EDC community, feel free to hop into our Facebook group or Discord server for more real-time discussion with other EDCers. Lastly, if you have any feedback or questions for us you want answered on the show, you can shoot us an email at podcast at everydaycarry.com. Thank you for listening to Carry the Way. I'm Bernard. I'm Mikey. And Matt, thank you for coming on and talking thank with us. Thank you, Matt. And until the next one, peace.